everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I am Garrett. And I'm David. Today on the show, we are wrapping up our film review series on The Muppets. Um, if you've been paying attention, we haven't covered every single Muppets movie, so this is not the last Muppets movie. Hopefully, there's never a last Muppets movie. Oh, boy. But, but today, we are going to talk about um, The Muppets, uh, the 2011 release that was kind of a Muppet revival of sorts after quite a, quite a long time without Muppets on film. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was co-written by Jason Siegel of How I Met Your Mother fame, particularly at the time. And it stars him and um, Amy Adams, uh, Rashida Jones, Chris Cooper, a... Uh, smorgasbord of cameos like we're used to uh, all the muppets and a, a brand new muppet main muppets. character well sure not all the muppets but a lot of the muppets yeah, yeah. and a brand new muppet char- main character in walter so um walter and gary jason siegel are brothers um human muppet brothers and he Walter's a big fan of the Muppets. He has been his whole life, but Gary's kind of growing up away from the Muppets. He's got his longtime girlfriend, Amy Adams. They are going to go on a trip to Los Angeles for their dating anniversary. And Walter comes along so they can go to Muppet Studios. They find out that an evil oil man, Tex Richmond, mm-hmm. is going to buy up or kind of trick the the Muppets out of their contract to, to steal Muppet Studios and drill for oil. And the Muppets have to band together one last time to raise $10 million and save the studio. An absurd amount of money. An absurd one amount of money. last time. So that is uh, what the movie's about. What Had anyone you? not seen this movie before we watched it for the show? Okay, just Garrett. Well. well no, I saw it too. What are you sorry? I, 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 I asked who, who had not seen it. Who had not seen it before yeah. today? Oh. Yeah. So, Garrett, this is the first time viewing for you. Yeah. It was indeed. Well, then, but, then you have to start because usually yeah. we have Andrew do this. Yeah, that's true. He's you have the, the floor. He, Black he's the, the one who never. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know why I never really got to it. I I, I wanted to see it, um, and then it, I never made it to in theaters, um, and then I just never really took the time to rent it or anything. But uh, first song in. Hook, line, sinker, sold. Uh, I think after that song ended, uh, looked at the other guys and went, uh, best Muppet movie, by far. <laughs> Just after that first song. And it only continued to improve. Um, I mean, this movie's got so much that I enjoy that for it to come together in one cohesive thing is like something I didn't really know how much I wanted. Uh, Jason Siegel, who I've loved since How I Met Your Mother, love him even more because of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which it, like got his puppet dream started, I guess. Uh, that's where I first saw him kind of interact with puppets and go, he could do that. Uh, then you throw in Brett McKenzie of uh, Flight of the Concords, who is, is one of my favorite comedy troops mm-hmm. doing the music for this. Throw in a great balance of Muppet style humor with normal humor. Um, And you have this story that really works well. And it really only works with the Muppets. Because if you think about it, the story that they're telling is basically just what happened to the Muppets. I mean, they've been around, they start off with an old clip of watching Bob Hope and you can't name a lot of things that are still can be culturally relevant that have Bob Hope and Manny from Modern Family. And it makes sense. Uh, the Muppets are the one thing that can do that. Um, and so they really transcend what like four generations of people and their rise of fame and then fade off, and then people remembering, oh, yeah, I do like The Muppets. I just needed to be reminded. So I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was really great. All right. Here, here. Here, 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 here. Um, here, here. Yeah, I was waiting for it. <laughs> um, 
the Android delay? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I had my microphone off. Sorry about that. Of course you did. Why would you have it on during a podcast? <laughs> um, <laughs> I agree. It's a great movie. I uh, it been it been a while since I watched it, but I, I remember going to see it in theaters and being just really just delighted with it. I thought it was <laughs> hilarious. I still think it's hilarious. Um, I gotta be I gotta be real. I went through and looked, um, kind of reminisced on what we've done this year. I think this one might have been my favorite of all the movies we did this year in terms of like pure enjoyment. Um, uh, sorry, Andrew, but the Lord of the Rings ain't it. It just ain't it. It ain't it today. And it ain't, it ain't ever about. will be. But yeah, I'm talking about pure enjoyment. I, cause you know, most of the movies we, we covered this year, I'd already seen. So they're rewatches, but this was one I could rewatch and still laugh out loud at, which is not a common occurrence. Um, you know, usually once you've seen a joke, you might still appreciate it, but you're probably not going to laugh. But this one's still got it. This one's still got it. Um, so I think it's, yeah, I think it's my f- favorite movie we've, we've covered this year. Again, in terms of just like how, how it made me feel and how much I enjoyed seeing it. This movie's like the most meta of the Muppet movies, I think, because it relies so heavily on the Muppets past. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it is. I mean... Well, I mean, they don't literally hand somebody a script in this one. No, they don't literally hand someone a script, but it is all about, like, them trying to reclaim their own relevance yeah. um, in a world that doesn't care about the Muppets anymore, which is mirrored in real life, because it's, you know, in 2011, the Muppets are a hard sell, probably. It's so hard to believe. I know, I know. But, you know, we have the scenes with the with the network executives and Rashida Jones really breaking it down with the, with the chart of, here's everyone who's relevant. And here's the Muppets over yeah. here. Um, so they're kind of fighting. They're fighting relevance in the film as well as in reality. Well, and then you have that other scene with Rashida where uh, they really want, they really am, are demanding a celebrity guest host. And Kermit was like, well, I'm kind of a celebrity. And she was like, no, no, you're absolutely. Not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, harsh, but probably true for network standards. And then you have Kermit then desperately trying to find a celebrity host and realizing that all his celebrity friends, uh, no one cares about anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is, which either is dead or funny. Nine. So yeah. I like a lot of jokes like that. Um, overall, I thought it was great. We'll keep going around the circle, but I, we, I obviously have more to say. Who's, who's next in the circle, me or Andrew? Um, I guess yeah. we'll go to Andrew in my, in my circle. He's next. Go ahead, Andrew. So diagonal. the the word I was going to use was delightful. Well, I already like used it. it, so pick another one. All right. So terrific. <laughs> Wait, what? Terrific. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you think I said? I don't, Move I don't. on, boy. Talk about the damn movie. All right, all right. Uh, Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we got the crank factor turned up. The... Yep. What I liked about it, I saw it back in 2012. I saw it back in 2012, and I just, I, I thought it was like, you know, this is a different movie. This is a different, like, it's not really, it's not really a kid's movie. It's, it's like, it, it's appealing to everyone. And I think that's what I liked about it then. And watching it, uh, watching it recently for this really just makes me appreciate it even more. And it really makes me appreciate, like, like the jokes are still funny. Uh, the musical numbers are great. They are still great. Um, there's really not a lot that you can, there's really not a lot you can say that's bad about this. It's not bad at all. It's a great, it's like a great feel good movie. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, like, it, it's uh, everything you can want out of a Muppet movie and a little bit more. Cool. So you said you watched it in 2012. Is this like an Iron Man situation where you just wouldn't watch it when it was out? No, I was going through stuff at the time. <laughs> but like, gotcha. yeah. And uh, I didn't see it until it came out on DVD and that's that. Hey, well, you know, credit to, to seeing it because uh, it's hard to, it's hard to keep up with movies when they're coming out and sometimes a really big movie to some seems like uh, it, it just kind of gets missed by passed by yeah you know? that's true that's true all right 
I think he's done. Okay, well, <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> it's time. I'll tell you what. Your boy's right good. here. I don't know, Josh. Are we both on the top? Where am I in relation to you? You're diagonal from me on the bottom. Josh, you may have forgotten how big this movie was for the two of us. All right, this movie came out in 2011. This is when Must you have. and I were hosting a very popular, wildly beloved. Uh, radio show on alternative radio <laughs> and uh we actually played man or muppet on the airwaves we that, yeah, okay it in whenever we could uh it was well we snug it in with a couple of other oscar award nominated uh, uh, uh songs and such uh loved this movie in 2011 it was so fun the muppets were back and it was everything i wanted I, I say, like I said a minute ago, it's hard for me to imagine that the Muppets ever fell out of grace because I remember being a preteen and the Disney Channel had reruns of the Muppet Show, had reruns of Muppets Tonight. Like, it was very popular as far as in my household. And I would remember watching Muppet Treasure Island, Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, watching bits and pieces of the Muppet movie. Like, I can't believe that, like, for a 12-year gap, people just suddenly weren't into the Muppets anymore. It was baffling to me. Uh, especially when you consider that Sesame Street, which is also Jim Henson, Jim Henson product, has managed to stay relevant for all that same amount of time. It's just so great to have them back, and I feel like this particular story, uh, let's get the band back together storyline, is the perfect story to tell in this situation where you haven't had these characters for a while and you need to reintroduce them to an extent to younger audiences and it makes the older audience feel like, Hey, I'm get, I'm with them. I'm getting back together too. I haven't been with them in forever. Let's all get back together and do this. You know, it's a very charming, funny and sentimental movie. Lays it on thick with a nostalgia, maybe too much for some, but I think you kind of needed it when you consider that it's last movie was in 1999. And that one, I'm not going to say was bad, but it was not, it didn't capture audiences. Audiences didn't really go see it very much, and it didn't really leave a lasting memory in a lot of pe- for a lot of people. That said, I do have some, but, so I love this movie, uh, but I do have a pretty big critique, and, uh, but I'll get into that uh, in a minute. Who wants to talk about something else? Wow. Wow. I think that uh, the sentimental stuff that you mentioned is relevant. Is, there's like a duality there, because for Kermit especially, because he not only is trying to convince himself that he can win over the audience, but he also has to convince his friends. And so for him, there's a chance that he's not only rejected by the, the fans of which he loves so much, but also his friends of which he hasn't seen in who knows how long. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the reality of the Muppets kind of falling out of grace, um, I think it's, in a weird way, a good thing for them. Um, Because they could have either fallen just out of grace or they could have kept trying when nobody was really feeling it. And sometimes you have to have a new person come in and inject some energy into it and be like, this is what the Muppets meant to me. And here's what it can mean. And how can I bring these together by honoring the original pieces, but making it a little more modern. And I think they did that with this movie perfectly because you get that Kermit and friends storyline, but you also have this, and, and sometimes they switch between A and B, which one's more important. Um, the Walter, Gary and Mary situation, because that is also a thing where it's like a very uh, heartfelt story in of itself that ties in with the Muppets and they kind of intermingle. And again, it's like a Mm -hmm. dance where like you're focused on this one and then you focus on this one and sometimes they go parallel. Um, But there's such a connection between Gary and Walter that Mary is trying to be a good supportive girlfriend, but also feels neglected. And they all live in this like perfect Muppet world. But, and so it's like not cool to talk about your issues. And then as they go along, Walter gains more confidence and Gary realizes all of the things that he's leaving behind. And um, 
Mary discovers that she can do things by herself and she can say what's bothering her and it's good. Um, and so there's just, there's not a wasted moment in this movie um, because they just handle those storylines so well and they go hand in hand with each other. Um, it was just really interesting and a lot of fun to watch. And again, the scene that stands out to me as far as like the, the Muppet bell curve is when you have Whoopi Goldberg, Selena Gomez, and the kid from, I, I don't know his name, Manny from um, Modern Family, because that represents, and, and there's like a hidden person, but there's like four generations there of people who have different relationships with the Muppets. You have Whoopi Goldberg, who while she wasn't like, I don't think she was famous in the 70s when the Muppets were taking off, but she was a relevant person when the Muppets were. So she knows what the Muppets are and that's great. And then you have Selena Gomez, who probably watched, like us, Muppet Babies as a kid, but that was probably it. And so, like, while she liked them, she didn't really remember them. Her agent was like, yes, you need to go to this, and he's the hidden other generation, where it was like, oh, my God, I love the Muppets. They're getting back together. Yes, you absolutely have to go. This is going to be big. And she's like, well, maybe. Okay, whatever. And then you have the current generation in uh, Manny, who's literally like, are you a Ninja Turtle? I don't know who you are. And that's so that, insulting to both Kermit and the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Amen. But in, in yes. this boy, this boy is, not, is a modern family, more like a stupid family. Kermit was like, I don't know who you that's are. Right. <laughs> I don't really know either of you. And so I just kind of like that uh, symbolic gesture there of, you know, those generations mm -hmm. and their relationships with the Muppets. And then, Again, because they've been so irrelevant, even Kermit doesn't know who the modern day celebrities are. And I just, I, I, don't, I don't know, for, those, so for some reason that um, scene really stood out to me. And Garrett, I want to give you a compliment. That was a very good point that the Muppets really could have worn out their welcome during that same period that they were absent from film and TV, mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of new material. They were gone for 12 years. They could have they could have made a couple more movies in the early, in the 2000s and it wouldn't have been the same. You couldn't have done a movie where they get back together, at least not in 2011 and it have that kind of emotional impact. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a great, you know, it's a good point is that, you know, they didn't run themselves into the ground too much. I mean, they had one movie that ended the nineties with a low return and mixed critical reviews. And they were like, Hey, I just, you know, sell the, you know, let's, let's just keep it chill and sell the Disney. Um, Gosh, I forgot what else I was going to say. You had another point. Um, oh, well. But uh, that's a very good point. Uh, one thing, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy that they did take that sort of hiatus. And they didn't, you know, they weren't around for a little while. They, were only, they only existed really in reruns. Because when you, when you look at the Muppets, when you look at the Muppets, the first thing, at least, at least I thought, was that it's it's appealing only only to kids. I mean, it, and it kind of is. Like we grew up on the Muppets, and and uh, basically everybody in here grew up on the Muppets. The, the the Muppets existed in a generation when you know, like especially with Gen Xers and Millennials, and to have it written by somebody who's by somebody who's fresh by one of the stars of this, by a comedic actor, and have it done, have it kind of modernized, is a great revival of this. And it's brought just more appreciation. It's just like, oh, the Muppets are back. Oh, and Jason Siegel's in it. Oh, and Jason Siegel actually wrote it. Oh, and it's actually, it's got all these elements to it. Yeah. And it just, it, it brings back that, it's almost nostalgic in a way. And it's, yeah. and it's very, it's very nostalgic, but it's, it's not nostalgic. Like, like you would think it's, okay. it's, it's nostalgia with like a little bit of originality. Okay. All right. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. It's, it's an original. I don't know. I can't think of anything. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it relies a lot on nostalgia. Oh, and Garrett, it does what, it was right. your, uh, what was your star Wars word for uh, the force awakens? It was like, it was uh, you had like some kind of word that was supposed to be both a rebirth and a new and a new thing. Remember? Oh yeah, I don't remember. You had some crazy word like it's. I'll find it. it. 
it's rebutionary oh. or something like that. Yeah. Was, oh, goodness. I'll see if I can remember. Um. And I, before Josh moves on, I do want to say that it is stupid, though, how this movie acts like basically they've been gone for 35 years or something like that. It's only been 12 years without a movie. They're like, oh, no one's heard of the Muppets since the 80s. Yeah. And they just ignored well, the entire time they were popular. Yeah. Yeah, they do hamper or they do rely a lot on like the fame of the Muppets show. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of ignore the fact that they did movies, which maybe they did that so that they could sell the nostalgia thing a little better. Because, um, you know, you could also argue that, you know, with Muppets from Space and some of those later films that maybe they were still making movies, but that didn't mean people were really watching them. Um, yeah. So that could be it too. But then, you know, you, uh, I, have, I, have more, I have things to say. I have too many things, too many threads to tie. So many threads. You know, you, David, mentioned that, you know, it, it kind of astounded you that the Muppets weren't relevant anymore to people because it was very popular in your house. You are Walter. <laughs> that was Walter. Walter sat in his house and watched Muppet show reruns all day, every day. And when they went to Muppet Studios, they were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean that it's all closed down? Yeah, it's baffling in general. Who doesn't like you, the Muppets? You're Walter. Um, I'm fine. I'm I'm okay with that in a way. The nostalgia thing is good because it helps it it helps bring in the appeal to older people. Um, nostalgic. That was that word. Nostalgic. That was that word. Uh, it's it relevant good. again. I'm just saying it came um, back. Nostalgic. Goodness. <laughs> uh, yes, Andrew. You mentioned that it's not. It do, It's not like a kid movie. Um, and I would agree. We uh, some of these movies we talked about kind of went back to kid movie territory in in my view. Yeah, um, like especially like, um, well, I don't want to say especially take Muppets Take Manhattan, but it was a lot more childish than the, the Muppet movie. Yeah. And then yeah. Treasure Island is kind of a different beast. But outside of this, I watched Muppets from Space. And thought it was very childish. Um, so seeing this movie now appeal to older fans was a very good idea, I think, because you know, a lot of people like like David are watching and going, "Wow, I can't believe no one cares about the Muppets anymore." <laughs> just, I, I see what Walter it's just is saying. Strange to me. I just but never thought I'll, they really left the pop culture realm. All right. But then I wanted to say something about Jason Siegel real quick because you brought him up. Um, you know, this is this is what I the knowledge I acquired from from Wikipedia searching. So that that's take take that for what it's worth. But they apparently they did not seek him out to do this. Uh, Jason Siegel actually went to Disney and said, "I want to write a Muppet movie," um, and Disney was like, "No, because you did full frontal nudity in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and that can't we can't have you do that." And he was like, "But please," and they were like, "Yeah, all right." Um, so that's, that's, you know, the loose version of what happened, my understanding, but Siegel was like, he, he said he wanted to do the movie because the last movie to come out was Muppets from space. And he felt like the younger generation needed to have the same kind of Muppet experiences that he had in his childhood. Yeah. So that's what made him decide to write the movie. That's what made him decide to go to Disney and be like, make my movie. I made a Muppet movie, make it. Um, so he kind of like, I don't know. He kind of like took control of that. It was, it was, it was like an artist deciding, no, why aren't they making Muppets? Yeah. I want to make yeah, them make like, Muppets. Yeah. He like, I, if I, I feel like that was part of his thing. He's like, why aren't you guys doing anything with the Muppets? And Disney was like, yeah. you just sit on it. We don't know. It's because y'all weren't doing it right for a little bit. Let me take yeah. it. I know how well, to do it. Now, I, think I believe the- they bought the Muppets in 2004. So at this point, they'd had the property for a little while, long enough that I think that this initial meeting started in 08. So there'd been a little bit of time where they hadn't really managed to pull, do anything with them. I think for me, the Muppets really shine when they interact with celebrities, real human celebrities. I think that is where they really shine um, from start to finish. Yeah. Um, even if it's just those little cameos, you bring back certain people. I mean, I got excited whenever uh, Mickey Rooney showed up. Nobody's excited to see Mickey Rooney, but it, like it was just so unexpected that I 
was caught off guard and I reacted to it. And I think that that is what this movie is trying to kind of make you remember. That's why they talk so much about the, the Muppets tonight, because I take, I don't fully agree that the Muppets are mostly for kids. It is, but one of the things about the show is that it wasn't just for kids. It was family. Because again, you go back and the, the clip they, uh, I'm going to stick with is Bob Hope. The kids probably liked Bob Hope, but uh, back when the, the TV show was on, but that was for the parents. Mm-hmm. That was not for the kids. The Muppets yeah. were for the kids. Bob Hope was for the parents to watch that show with their kids. So it was, right. it, it has always been family focused. With, with skews towards kids, yes. But bringing in those famous human celebrities brings in the parents because they go, they're funny. I'm going to see how they interact with the Muppets because that's a humorous premise. Plus my kids like the Muppets, so we can watch it together. And that's what they showed you at the end of this movie as they're doing that telethon. They don't really put like a whole lot of stock into it but they have several cutaways where they're just going to people's houses and you see grandparents, parents, and children and grandchildren all watching and enjoying this together. And I think that is what they're trying to get you to remember in this movie is that this is a family thing. Mm-hmm. It's funny for all people. Um, and now it's kind of switched to where in order for the Muppets to be relevant, they have to have those human celebrity guests, but this time it's in reverse where the kids will watch it for Selena Gomez and the parents and grandparents will watch it for the Muppets because that's who they know. And the kids know the celebrities. To an extent. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the, yeah, the Muppets have always been targeted towards family. And I mean, there was a time where the Muppets were, were meant to be targeted towards strictly adults, but it was definitely like, I mean, the guests they had back in the day, there would be like two or three, uh, you know, during the, like the run of the Muppets show that were like for the kids. Like they had Mark Hamill on. They had uh, they had uh, uh, they had uh, Christopher Reeve on. But like they had like Milton Berle, uh, John Denver, you know Don Knotts, Elton John. Like these were like these were like real celebrities. These weren't just like kid celebrities of the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get that here too. Jason Siegel's not a kid celebrity. Like mm-hmm. teens know him. No. And so maybe your target is more like teen, but that's like, uh, even in some of the movies they did, they had Steve Martin. He's not necessarily a kid, uh, celebrity. So like the, that it appears supposed to appeal to the whole family. And I feel like it does that here really well. Like you said. Yep. Yeah. And the, uh, the telethon plot point was the perfect excuse to, to load the movie <clears throat> with cameos. Yeah. Uh, Jack Black's particularly funny in this one. <laughs> He is particularly funny. He honestly, Jack Black borderlines on not being a cameo. I I honestly don't think he is. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's a straight up cast member because he's he's pretty prominently featured as far as the Multiple celebrities seasons. go. He does play himself, but he's you know he's animals court appointed sponsor. He mm-hmm. shows up a few times, and then he Miss Piggy and the gang kidnap him, and he becomes the the under duress host of the Muppet Telethon. <laughs> So when I, w- I was trying to think earlier about what my favorite cameo was, and I thought Jack Black, and I thought, man, I think he's in it too much to be a cameo. Yeah. I think yeah. he is. Yeah, he, yeah it's, it's not a cameo. Oh, my um, God. That whole kidnapping scene where Piggy and friends had kidnapped Jack Black, and then they go to Kermit, and they're like, you inspired us. And he goes, to kidnap people? Oh, my God. Kermit was the it's only worse. one that was upset. About. Kidnapping a celebrity, <laughs> or having the Muppets Theater destroyed and, and 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 getting rid of the Muppet name. Kidnapping a celebrity. He was the only one that was concerned, <laughs> and it was so and I like dang it. funny. And I when said animals. after we were done, if we uh, if I were Jack Black, I would continue to play that character the same way of like, no, those dang Muppets kidnapped me to do that. I don't know why everybody thinks it's a movie, but that's and the way that I would play that. When uh, when animal when he first opens the door and he goes. Animal, what are you doing, bud? He's like, acting naturally. (laughs) (laughs) So who who are the favorite cameos? Mickey Rooney. (laughs) Mickey Rooney, that's fine, that's fine. Mickey Rooney. No, Um, Mickey Rooney. um, I liked Emily Blunt's 
um, Emily Blunt's em- cameo. Emily Blunt is a top tier one for me. I thought she was yeah. she was very funny in that role. It, she reminded me of a of a role in The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, because she was also a secretary. Yeah. That was. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what they were going for. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know how anybody can look at this movie and not say it was Jim Parsons. I was Parsons thinking was Jim Parsons was it was very funny. Um, right at the peak of Big Bang, uh, high, exactly, you know, popularity, exactly. Jim Parsons just walks into a Muppet movie, and you go, "Of course, of course." Yeah, I always love uh, me some Kristen Shaw. She's funny. She's very, very funny. funny. There was a hot second of John Krasinski too. Yep, he's in there. Literally a hot second because he's a yeah. beautiful man. Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, well, Donald Andy? Glover makes a brief appearance. Oh, Donald oh, Glover. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. There's so many good ones. Yeah. Some of those ones, like, is where I question, like, is Donald Glover in 2011 a celebrity cameo or is it just a small role for him? I can't decide. <laughs> He's not yeah. Childish Gambino mainstream name yet no, he is child's community be at its had its peak at that point community wasn't at its peak till now. i don't think community had a peak <laughs> yeah um so uh, yeah i don't know if donald glover it, had, it uh, ended by 2010 is that am i reading that right i don't remember honestly yeah, i can't remember it when, it went, when it went to yahoo like 2013 2014 uh it only lasted six seasons because another cameo that I enjoyed that I was debating whether or not it is one, but I think it is, um, is Ken Jong as the host of Punch Teacher. Because <laughs> he, 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 he was well, well past his hangover fame at that point, so he was, he was pretty big. He yeah, yeah, it was, was in there as Hobo Joe. Hobo Joe. Brief, brief appearance, too. Yeah, uh, Punch Teacher. He did come back at the end in the credits, though. He did. Yeah. So there's a, lot of great, there's a lot of great cameos in this movie. No, no yeah. doubt about that. Um. Okay, I always forget where I want to go next after I start talking about one thing. Yeah, is it time for criticisms? Um, it could be. Um, Y'all can skip me because I don't have any. You can skip me. Um, so a couple songs I wanted to point out. Um, obviously, Man I'm Up it is Oscar winning, so there's not. I don't think we can add anything to that that hasn't been said over the past nine years. So much fun. But um. Life's a Happy Song is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Pictures in My Head is... Oh, my God. really yanks at the heartstrings. It does. Kermit gonna make me cry. <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly surprised I did not just burst out the tears. Surprised you didn't either. It very, it's very much about like not being friends with your friends anymore, and that's a very Garrett song. I, it was uh, very close. I was very close. There's also... Um, uh, I thought Me Party was pretty fun. Which oh is which is hard, you know. It's a if you've been watching this series, it's hard to sell most of us on Miss Piggy doing anything. But yeah. her addition to that song, or her duet with with Amy Adams on that, was good. And while we're bef- this is a before new we Piggy, get it is before we get to the criticisms, I was going to say I actually thought Miss Piggy was handled pretty well in this movie. Agreed. I did not find her extremely annoying like I usually do. I agree. Um, she was yeah. still annoying, but in a manageable but way. But in a, in a manageable way. In an there was a little bit way. more nuance to the character here, I felt exactly. like. Exactly. She had yeah. changed. Um, yeah. She and Kermit have split when, they, when this starts. She's uh, her own uh, strong, independent woman now, the editor of Vogue. Um, what? Oh, yeah. Madonna. <laughs> she's, living in, she's living in France. Mm-hmm. She's killing the game, and she kind of then has her reverse kind of arc that she was used to, where she's now brought back to Kermie. I was going to oh, say, Kermie. this movie, we talked about this toxic relationship way back when we talked about the first Muppets movie. Yeah. This movie finally made me understand what the, what the real crux of this relationship is, right? So you have Miss Piggy, who is a character who doesn't who cannot put anybody ahead of herself she is and there's a lot of people who value that these days she puts herself first always all right she is always a center of attention she basically forgets all of her friends names at a hat all right she has found someone for whatever reason in kermit that she wants to stand next to 
or she wants to have stand next to her. She loves him. Okay. It takes everything in her to, uh, to accept that there, that he doesn't want that same thing at all times. So she's very prideful, but she wants him there. She doesn't want him behind her. Doesn't want him in front of her. She wants him right there next to him. Kermit is the opposite. Kermit is a character who struggles to put himself first in any situation. He sell, he doubts himself. He doubts his own, his, his own worth. He's even sheepish about the idea that he might be considered a celebrity. He constantly puts himself first for his friends. And he is, I think, bewildered by the idea that Miss Piggy wants to be with him. And that's why the relationship is so, is, it, can be some, it can be hard and funny to watch because the characters do like each other, but one doesn't have, is one undervalues himself and the other overvalues themselves. And so it becomes a very weird mix of two, of a, of a coupling. Um, they're the extremes of each yeah. other. And there's a scene where they show that, where they have each they, other they have that. talking. And, oh my God, I wrote it down because it was powerful. There's a scene, that, that scene where they're talking to each other about their relationship. And Kermit go, looks at Piggy and basically says, why do you have to be so dramatic about every single thing? Because the only thing that I have, or the only option I have left is to make a decision that's going to hurt you. Because it's, all or nothing. There is no in-between with her. And Kermit is very in-between. And when he's forced to make those things, he's going to make the decision that's going to hurt Piggy because he's on this side of the extreme. So that was a really powerful scene. And for him to just outright say that, I was, I, I think I said Kermit just laid the smack down because he opened the door to Piggy. And then you understand what Piggy's perspective is. I obviously lean more towards Kermit. So that was a more impactful phrase to be said uh, than what Piggy said. Um, but both of them had their um, moment to explain their relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she has a great line where she says, it's always we need you and it's never I need you. And like, would it hurt you so, would it, would it kill you so much to just say, Piggy, I want you back? And uh, finally they get that at the end, they sort of come, to, they sort of come together and it, it's, is the best. I think this is one of the better versions we've seen of them as an on-screen couple, um, in terms of actually being honest. Right. But yeah, this is also like you. Like we started to mention this is a new uh, act, uh, performer playing Piggy. Frank Oz retired in two thousand one, so this is Eric. I think it's Jacobson, or it could be Jacobus. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how it's pronounced exactly, but I think it's Eric Jacobson is playing Fozzie Bear and Miss Piggy. I don't know if that played into it or not. I don't know if I don't know how much creative input he has or it or, or what, but I felt like Miss Piggy was a lot more manageable here. I want to add who my favorite cameo was. Oh, okay. You didn't Andrew say it already. No, no, no. I I I I kind of blanked for a second because I'm like I forgot he was in there, and it was Dave Grohl. <laughs> Oh yeah, Dave Grohl is yeah. the drummer. There, I love Dave Grohl as the drummer. He just the hotel, the Muppets, the Reno with the Muppets, the Muppets. Waka uh, waka. I'll let David get to his criticism real quick, but I just want to uh, bring it up again. Uh, just the music itself, uh, Brett McKenzie. If you don't know Flight of the Concords, a lot of the music in this is very Flight of the Con Concordsian, uh, especially Manor Muppet. Um, so it makes me really happy that that's what he won for because whenever that song started playing, um, I immediately thought of one of the songs they have called I'm Not Crying, where basically they are crying, but it's they make up reasons why they're not. So one of the things is like, I'm not crying. It's just been raining on my face. Uh, and if I am crying, it's not because of you. It's because I'm thinking about a friend of mine. You don't know who is dying. And they just come up with things. But like, Am I a Muppety man or am I a Manny Muppet or whatever they say there is very wordplay in like they do in a lot of their songs. Uh, and it just, it really was enjoyable to, to see those Flight of the Concords uh, elements put into the Muppets. Yeah, what was his name again? Brett McKenzie. Brett McKenzie, okay, okay. Yeah, very good. Um, there's actually a really interesting um, blog post uh, by him when this movie came out talking about what it was like to write for the Muppets and what it was like to write uh, for a big company um, as opposed to kind of what he had been doing, which was very, which, which was much more independent. 
but you know disney has rules like you know there's certain things you can't have in the movie and then the muppets themselves have their own rules he had written a line about kermit kermit in the pictures in my head song was going to reference i remember when i was just felt and the muppet people were like whoa no 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 kermit has always been kermit he was never at any point felt or ping pong balls the muppets do were not at one point just uh you know construction material in their universe um so no references to them being puppets or them being made of anything uh, other than being frogs or being uh, bears or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, he, he did the music for Muppets most wanted too. So he continued to work with Muppets. And I think it's great. I think he has a real, I think he has a real flair for it. Yeah. So my criticism, we actually almost backed right into it. I have two primary criticisms with this movie. I'll do the first, I'll do the long one first. Um, I feel like this movie puts a little too much. We talked about it earlier, how there's sort of a dual thing here with Gary and Mary's characters and, and Walter and the Muppets themselves. I think there's too much in the, what's going on with Jason Siegel and Amy Adams. Most of the Muppet characters in this movie, outside of Kermit and Piggy, and I had to look this word up to make sure I was using it right, feel like distant monoliths. Like, here's Fozzie, here's Gonzo, here's all the other characters. They just wash in the background. Those are the Muppets. Don't, don't, you know, hey, Fozzie, he tells jokes. He's a funny bear. That's all he does. Gonzo, he does stunts. That's all he does. We're not going to give you much to, for them to actually do. Kermit and Piggy really get to kind of explore their, what they've been, what their life has been like since they split up. But all the other characters, it's like, eh, they're, they're just the same. You know who they are. You don't, it doesn't really matter. Um, and I don't, and I kind of, there's a part of me that dislikes that, you know, like the Muppets, for the most part, feel like they are tools to this romantic comedy that's going on between Jason Siegel and Amy Adams. Um, and as entertaining as it is, it's like, why why can't we do more with the Muppets themselves? The the card the, the road trip where they go to get all the Muppets, I feel like is really fun. But I feel like they could have had even more fun there. Like they um, they even say, hey, let's get the rest of these guys in a montage. Um, because nobody cares about, you know, the rest of the Muppets. We got Fozzie, we got Gonzo. Let's just speed through the rest of these. Um, so I, I, it's not like, I'm going to still give this movie a very high review, but that's one of the things that in 2011, when I watched it, didn't care, didn't care. Didn't even think about it watching it now. And and ever since we've started doing these reviews, I kind of noticed these kind of things more is that, I feel like no, there was clear, there's clearly an element here of Jason Siegel wanting to like g- giving himself quite a bit to do. And I don't feel like when the, the audience is, you know, when you're trying to tell the story of getting these, this, this, these old characters back together, they should have spent so much time on these new characters that we're never going to see again. Um, Walter, I'll give you because they did continue to use Walter in Muppets Most Wanted, and he has shown up in Muppets Muppets Now. I can't remember if he showed up in the ABC show. I don't think he mm-hmm. did though. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that a valid complaint, or am I overread over overreading that? I see what you're saying um, because you know the movie is called The Muppets, mm-hmm. uh, but the main the main characters are. Walter, Gary, and Mary. Um, it's their movie. It's not the Muppets movie, but they've, they've done and called it the Muppets. So yeah. I think I, I, it, is, it is kind of a hard thing to talk about because it is, such a, it, could, it is such a small thing because like you said, you watch it the first time, you really don't care. But when you think about it longer, you're like, okay, it's not really a Muppets movie exactly like we're used to. It is a, it is a movie about Walter trying to find a way to be himself and to belong in a family unit. And it's mm-hmm. about Gary trying to l- let go to an extent of his relationship with his brother so that he can grow one with Mary. Mm-hmm. And then the Muppets are kind of just a bit of a plot device to keep that going. So I acknowledge what you're saying. I don't think it's incorrect, um, but it doesn't, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I, and I'm going to, and like I said, it doesn't drag the movie down really for me right. at all. I'm still going to give this a really high review, a really high score, but 
it's just something that I don't know. It started to it started to actually bother me once I realized watching it this time that if if anything, like you said, I'm Walter. We as the audience are from the perspective of Walter. If you've come to this movie, there's an element of Walter in you. Yeah, you it could love just the be... Muppets, you want to see them. But he idolizes them so much. Yeah. And we actually get so little of him kind of getting to know them. True. A lot of the getting to know them that he does happens either off screen or we see it through Gary's eyes. And it's like, it would have been great to see Fozzie maybe has lost his comedy confidence and Walter helps him get through that. Gonzo has lost, you know, maybe not lost something, but maybe Gonzo feels like something's missing and Walter helps bring that back because they're finally getting to perform for a fan again, you know? They, we do get a little bit of that. We're just where Walter says, hey, I used to watch you as a kid do this thing where you recited Hamlet after being shot out of a cannon. And it really inspired me. And Gonzo, he rips the stuff off his back, you know. That's a good moment. I would have liked to have seen more of that type of thing as opposed to having to watch some of that from almost an even more removed position than we already were. Yeah. I follow. I follow. What do you think, Gary? That, I don't feel that. Overdoing it? What I have felt for the last four movies where nobody gave Rolf any damn attention and love. Listen, he had one of the best moments of this movie yeah, whenever he was like, why didn't I get to see my story? I think it was a pretty good one. And then they cut back to it and it's just him laying in a hammock in his hermit going, oh, we're going to get back together. You want to join? Yep. And that was hilarious. Very Classic. I love Rolf. And the fact that he has been under... Represented in. We're going to talk about an underrepresented in a minute. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Not cool. I find it's, cool. So, it's just so strange to me that you're so into Rolf. I love Rolf. He's just he's chill, great. man. He's just chill. Yeah, he's great on that that newest show they did. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so here's that. That was that was my that was my that was my minor quibble. Are you going to say something about the damn prawn? <laughs> you are. No. <laughs> Very dare you, sir. <laughs> All right. Here's the worst cameo in the movie. Oh, it's no. Pepe the King Prawn. How are you going to give Pepe seven seconds in a Muppet movie? Easily the best Muppet ever of all time. He is <laughs> the Muppets. He's the best Muppet, okay? He is. Pepe is the Muppets. He is the Muppets. No, all right. No, 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 no. Okay. Do you know who has a? Do you know which Muppets have their own books? It's Kermit and Pepe, the King Prawn. It's hard out here for a shrimp. All right. The man. Okay. I will give you credit. I'll give him credit. They put Bobo in the movie. Bobo is one of my other favorite Muppets. Okay? Who is that? Bobo the Bear. How you? How dare you again? <laughs> who is that? Who is Bobo the Bear? How dare you? Did they ever say his name? I don't know if they said his name or not, but he's hanging out with Tex Richmond. We haven't really talked yeah. about him. But who oh, needs to talk about him? We will. Because Pepe the King Prawn, it's not like it's not like the other movies. Okay, look, he didn't exist from Up at Treasure Island. I'll give him that. He didn't exist for the other ones. There was no excuse to resign. And you look at this poster. You go to Wikipedia, all right? Josh, I know you'll do this. You go to this I'm poster. I'm right now. And look right under Jess, Jason Siegel's stupid arm. Who is that? Um, hang on. I'm still loading. I'm still loading. The Muppets poster. Okay, here it's coming. It's coming. Oh, that's Pepe. You got Walter front and center. Yeah. You got yeah. Kermit right in the middle. The other prominent Muppet right under Jason Siegel's arm is Pepe and Scooter. <laughs> not Scooter in this movie either. <laughs> I mean, this dropped at half a star by itself. Oh my gosh! I mean, <laughs> look, I'm a man. I'm a man of few demands. All right. But the choices in this poster are very interesting. It's, it's an. Uh, I mean, you got pretty prominent prominent showing for '80s robot. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, you got you got you got you got you know, Lou Zealand. Lou Zealand has more parts in this movie. All right. Y'all couldn't even tell me which one New Zealand is, could you? You're, nope. you're going down a hole that we have never seen. Nope. I don't blame you, because New Zealand is a nobody. Yeah, come at me, classic Muppet fans. He's the one that throws the fish. <laughs> nobody cares. Meanwhile, Pepe is one of the biggest hits of the 90s. 
It's 2011, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> love it. I don't love it. Wow. Well, I mean, I get Clifford wasn't in it. I get that. All right, I get it. But whatever. <laughs> Clifford, he's the purple one. <laughs> the purple one who hosted Muppets tonight. Oh, oh okay. Watch okay, his okay, interview yeah, with yeah. with Arsenio Hall. You'll laugh your yeah. ass off. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Wow. Whoa. I don't know that. I don't know that we've ever gotten that out of you in this entire run of you being on this show. Very, very passionate about Pepe. Clearly, I, uh, I did not know. I did not know what I was doing when I asked about the damn, the damn prawn. Well, and after the meek reaction I got to my other criticism, I knew I had to dial it up. Yeah, well, your other criticism was like kind of valid. It just didn't take away from it. Kind of valid. Kind of valid. What is kind of valid? This is more valid, really. All right. It just is a matter of what kind of Muppet movie you wanted. I wanted a Muppet. I know you did, and I, sure. I got. Luckily, I get it. With I Muppets got the Muppet movie I wanted, and I, <laughs> it wasn't Muppets, Muppets from Space. Muppets from Space is the movie where Pepe shines. So um, I have to leave it there. He's also great on the ABC Muppets show, which we've talked about before. Is uh, we all enjoy it. Yeah, I, I thought it was quite good. Um, you did, did mention Tex Richmond real quick, and I just wanted to to go back to him for a second because the real he's great. Chris Cooper is great in the role, but his his best part is when he his song is so good. Oh my his, god! Yeah, his it's weird, weird. His weird rap is fire. <laughs> it's very fun. It's very strange because he uh, he 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 uh, chastises Deadly and Bobo because they were singing together again earlier, and then he has like a whole rap number. So I don't know uh, know where his policy on singing really lands. He just yeah. didn't like that song. Yeah, his own song about himself is great. According That's to him. You know, singing in this in my office, unless it's about me. Yeah, um, him and the Muppets are the bad guys. His uh, maniacal laugh, maniacal, maniacal laugh. laugh. Maniacal and laugh. then to give credit, when Bobo was like, so you think we're working for the bad guy? Yeah. That was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, have we said all that we have to really say about the Muppets? I have nothing to add. I'm not sure that I do either. Um, I um, no, I don't think so. Have nothing. You never did. I always do. Well, the Andrew delay means here in like 45 seconds he'll go. I, I thought Pepe was pretty good in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the you only were, thing I'm going to say right is about like, Pepe. Like you are passionate about Pepe. Like Garrett is passionate about passionate about Rolf. Yeah. Yes. Everybody oh, has a real favorite. Everybody diss on and, and both are bizarre choices to Andrew and I. Well, play on the piano. He's cool. Well, it's because I mean, Andrew's favorite, favorite is Dr. Teeth. Teeth. Exactly. He's over there eating glue while, uh, <laughs> yeah, the rest of us are out here in like I, I will say elitist, that elitist Muppet land. Like watching these, my, my favorite Muppet has changed. It's now Rizzo. I love Rizzo. Rizzo's great. That's Rizzo. a better choice than Dr. Teeth. Rizzo is also really good. Yeah. You watched one movie with Rizzo in it, and that one movie changed your opinion? That was the worst one that we, we had, watched. We had two Rizzo movies. Yeah, we had two Rizzo movies. Oh, we did yeah. Muppet Treasure Island, too. Treasure Island, that's fair. Okay. He, has a, he has a really good role in uh, Muppet Christmas Carol as well. Yeah. I still like Kermit. Good science. Kermit's still great. Like, Kermit's, uh, I mean, but, but Kermit, I mean, it's like, uh, it's, like, uh, it's like Mickey Mouse. It's like everybody likes Mickey Mouse, but we all mm-hmm. have our favorite cartoon character outside of them, or Bugs Bunny or whoever, you know. That's true. Pick, you know, pick, pick how you do it. Bugs Bunny versus Kermit versus Mickey. Man, what a trick. Versus Big Bird. Why not throw in Big Bird? He versus loses that. fast, though. Versus That'd be one hell of an alley fight. Yeah, I want to I wanna see Bugs versus Kermit versus Mickey. This know, is the bracketology we need. Showdown. we need. We need front men. Yeah, the greatest cartoon characters of all time. Down to the, down to the greatest. Um, okay. Well, how All about right. those? How about those box office numbers? This okay. movie made a lot of money. This movie did, um, and on a very small budget, um, forty million dollars is what they set out for this Muppets movie. And um, would you believe it made it back in its opening weekend? Wow! Uh, yeah. The Muppets twenty eleven opened up in uh, November, or opened up November twenty third, so it's Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, brought in forty one million dollars at the number two spot. So uh, beating it with $61 million that weekend was Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1. It's a mouthful for you. 
It was one of five movies to open up that weekend. Uh, Thanksgiving so had, weekend. Big yeah. one. So you had Twilight at number one, Muppets at number two, Happy Feet 2 at number three, brought in 18.3. Uh, Arthur Christmas came in at number four with 16 mil. And then Hugo uh, brought in 15.4 million in the number five spot. Um, so that's for the full thank. That's for the full Thanksgiving weekend. If you want to break it down to just like the the Saturday, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, all the numbers, uh, all the all the rankings remain the same. But the the three day total for the Muppets was twenty nine point two million. Uh, for anybody who cares about that level of uh, specificity, um, in total, the Muppets would go on to make eighty eight point six million domestically. So that doubles its its budget right there. Overseas, just a little less with 76.5, giving it a worldwide total of $165.1 million. It is, I believe, whether you adjust for inflation or not, the highest grossing Muppet movie um, in terms of worldwide numbers. Um, only the Muppet movie, only the original Muppet movie comes close in terms of uh, domestic numbers. Um, all the other ones, I mean, they all perform fine. They all make, made, for the most part, made back their, their budget for their day. But uh, the Muppets in general aren't like a box, big box office draw. So, I mean, that's a part of the reason why they don't like release it. They're not blockbusters or anything like that. Um, most of their releases come in that November, December timeframe. Um, if we travel back to 2011, this was back when, like I said, when Josh and I were rocking the airwaves, Garrett was a young, uh, 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 avid music listener setting the music, telling us what we can and can't play. Andrew was 75. Andrew, uh, the spring I don't chicken. Andrew was doing at this stage. Andrew, where you, uh, you weren't, uh, uh, had you graduated by that point? No, uh, I was still, I was a senior in my last semester. There you go. There you go. So you Andrew were very close. In his last semester. Didn't have, didn't have that knee replacement yet. <laughs> he was a senior citizen in his last semester. Oh, y'all go um, <laughs> So we go back to 2011. Like I said, this was a this was a pretty big year domestically. The highest grossing movie was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. At number two, you had Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Number three, Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part One. At number four, The Hangover Part Two. And at number five, Pirates of the Caribbean: On Stranger Tides. So five sequels, top five for the domestic charts that year. A very good list. Um, and, you said it was uh, or wasn't? Uh, was not. I agree. Uh, if I look at it here, oh gosh, that's actually a book adaptation. Um, the highest grossing original movie that year would have been, I guess, Super 8. Nice. With a uh, 21 spot with 127 million. Um, I was going to say the highest grossing non-sequel would have been uh, Thor, it looks like. Um, so... Uh, if you move to the worldwide ch charge for that year, everything's the same except for at the number five spot, you have Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Um, That'll do. Finally, excuse me. <coughs> Very sorry. Bless you. I meant to mute the mic before I did that. Um, if, uh, if we look at some other good movies from 2011 that we've already done, you can uh, always go back and listen to our review of Cars 2. I wasn't in that, but I'll give my review now. It was garbage. Um, you also had... What else have we already done? Oh, man, we missed out. We uh, Alvin, Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwreck came out that year. Um, I'm not seeing anything else here that we've done in 2011. So 2011 is a relatively unvisited year for us. Um, and Andrew, the, the, the best picture winner of 2011, the artist, there you go. Didn't like it. Not a good move. I mean, hasn't, hasn't lived up very well. It is what it is. I don't know. It was very interesting for its time, the artist, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've not rewatched it since. I don't know how it hold up. Overrated. The only good thing about that movie was that John Goodman was in it. I appreciated the idea though. Let's go yeah. with that. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate what they wanted to do. Sure. Who's running? Okay, those are your childhood right? movies. Shouldn't you love it? Oh yeah. You do like, you, you are. the <laughs> did the silent film. Grew that was his Muppets. Watching all of those movies, not hearing them, but watching them. 
Yeah, but no. <sighs> All right, who's running the game? You. Hang on. I... Oh, it's me. Uh, yeah, Josh, you won last week. So Dang it. That means I can't win it this week. No, can't. You don't need to win it. <laughs> you need okay. to win it. Well, let's hear those guesses. What y'all think it's going to be? I... Say... What were you going to say, David? I'm going to say 3.8. Okay. 3.8. <laughs> Get it in I 400 mean, does. I am going to go... That's true. 1. Getting in the first one is, is, the, is the key. You say 4.1? Okay. Oh my God! First guess sets the stage for the other two. I don't know. It's really good, y'all. And this is my first time, so like I'm riding that new movie high still. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna jump up higher, and I'm gonna say four three. Four three. Okay. We got a three eight, a four one, and a four three. The Muppets movie. Has um, it's been watched by 106,000 Letterbox members. That's a lot. That's a lot of members. And it, it's a uh, average score on Letterbox is going to first of all the winner is going to be Andrew. Um, no wait, I'm wrong. It's David. Yay! Oh, what an emotional roller coaster there. Yeah, sorry hey, about that. I, I, I Steve Harvey the uh, <laughs> results for a second there. It is not David or it's not Andrew. Don't get too excited. It is David. The the final score is uh a, a somewhat surprisingly low to me, 3.4. Oh, oh wow, that's very low. 4. 3.4. Wow. That is low. Yeah, 3.4 um to be exact, it is 3.43. Based on forty six thousand ratings, interesting. So, yeah, yeah. I kind of thought I was aiming too low with three point eight. Um, I felt like mine was. I don't know. I felt pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah. this one, this okay. one really threw people. I think I threw people being us. Tell you what, I needed that win. I <laughs> needed that win. I uh, so the overall scores. I'll read them out to you real quick. It is Josh in the lead by a lot with eight. It is Garrett and I tied with six now. And Andrew pulling up the rear with five. All right. That was my first win since Star Trek Insurrection. Wow. That's Interestingly good. enough, uh, we all won one of the Muppet movie ones. Each of us got a Muppet movie one. The uh, one equally. Just just for fun, the, the Muppets on Rotten Tomatoes has an incredible 95% from critics yeah. and, and, an, and an 80 from audiences. See, that's what I looked up too, and I thought, wow, if it's 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, it has to be high on Letterboxd, I would think. That's yeah. why I thought 3.8 was going to be low, but I just kind of thought, and you, I may be letting myself, I may be letting you guys in on my strategy here. <laughs> I can't imagine we're going to review very many movies that are ranked as high or better than Lord of the Rings. If those movies are all ranked 3.4 and those are by most considered to be like perfect movies for what they're supposed to be, it's just hard to imagine anything's going to be that good. Yeah. Even the The, major uh, 4.1. So. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, what are our personal scores? We got one five. One five star from Garrett. Next. Honestly, this is five star material. So yeah, I'm gonna say the same. Another five from Andrew. Five. There's nothing wrong with this movie. I guess Letterbox seems to disagree. I <sighs> have to unfortunately give it a four and a half <laughs> because yeah. of the aforementioned Pepe situation. There is something wrong with this movie. Get out. Lack of Pepe. It's a four point five, okay? All right, listen. All right, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy. About it. Four and a half. The real reason for the four and a half is the other thing that we talked about, but the Pepe thing really is the heart of the problem. Well, I'm gonna also give it five um, to make our average a four point eight seven, which means this is a five star movie. Potentially the first five star movie for so many sequels. Maybe I don't. I don't. Account. You know, I write these down, but who knows if I'm keeping track? <laughs> I do, and you're not. 
Yeah. We all follow you or follow so many Eagles. Which everyone should that also account. do. Anyway. Well, yeah. Follow us. Follow so many sequels and us individually on Letterboxd. Uh, you can find uh, Letterboxd. Uh, if you download it, just search so many sequels pod, I think. And then I'm Josh SMS or I'm David SMS. And uh, I don't remember you guys. You guys are just like Josh, your names. Yeah. Yeah. No creativity there for me. Andrew. That's it. Yeah, if you yeah. find one of us, you can find the rest. If you Google Andrew, you'll find me. It's fine. <laughs> it's a pretty. It's not that common of a name. Just Andrew. Just look for it. All right. Yeah. Find well, us we online. Yeah. We'll be back next time with something fun and new, as always. Um, follow us on all the things. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and the podcast in your favorite podcasting app, so you can see what we're working on next. Um, the year is wrapping up. The holidays are kicking into gear. If you are a longtime listener to this show, you know what happens during holidays. So look out for that coming soon as we work out um, what we're going to do. So, yep. Yeah. That was weird, I'm okay? Let, I'm just going to let that be the end.